What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Thoughts by the VLD at the Podcast. Man, it is so early, and I'm recording this. Just getting in, really, man. I was on uh, Sunday. I was invited to attend a football, a football party. You know, basically come out watch a football game. I was invited out to Chauncey Davis's house. Now Chauncey Davis, he played for the Falcons from 2005 to 2010. He's defensive end. Uh, shout out to Chauncey Davis and his wife, and thank y'all for. Inviting me and having me at your home. So, DeVille, DeVille, how did you end up at this guy's house? Relax, I'm not going to tell you. That's none of your business. Let's just say DeVille knows some people. So, (laughs) got invited out to this football party, man. It was dope. Uh, It was way out, though, from where we live. It was like an hour from where me and my partner live. We rode together. And um, so, we, we we're almost there. We realized that we don't have any cigars. Yeah, we like to smoke cigars when we're chilling, you know, enjoying festivities. We realized that nobody picked up any cigars, so we were trying to find cigars. And being that it was Sunday and in the area that we're in, all the cigar bars that we could find, we were just Google searching and Siri searching. We found a good few, but all of them was closed. It was probably, mm, I won't say 5.30, six o'clock somewhere up in that uh, that time and all of them closed at like five three or five o'clock or five o'clock so we ended up just having to find a little uh, package store a little liquor store grab some cigars from we grab the cigars okay we good go out we find the subdivision nicest subdivision i've ever been in it was one of those type of neighborhoods where you have to give your id just to get them to open your gate for you you know you got to tell them who you're here for they have a whole security guard just sitting there. This isn't one of those pull up to the gate and call down to the house and they buzz you in like there's a, they have an active security guard sitting out there. I thought that was dope. So, yeah. We got in, went around, found the house, go in, you know, grab a couple of drinks, get some food. They didn't have the typical football party food, though. No, no, no. There was no wings and, and mozzarella sticks and so on and so forth. I had, what did I eat? What was that chef's name? Like, give me a second. Let me see if I can give that, uh, tell you who that was, who was catering the event. Uh, I know I can find it. Yeah. Chef. Chef King Rich. Yeah. Chef King Rich was catering the event. Man, I had a crab and shrimp flatbread it was pretty good there's a little sauce on there the sauce was kind of sweet that threw me off a little bit but overall it was tasty and i had also had uh, some chips uh chips with like cajun cajun chicken and 
some type of pico type situation on it didn't really care for the chips too tough but it was overall it was good it wasn't a bad experience and then of course we went back down and continued to enjoy the festivities man nice house beautiful house beautiful pool jacuzzi all that great people it was fun but see you know the Ville's a Redskins fan so DeVille had no interest in all in really watching this football game. I was just, I was more there for the social aspect, you know, just to kick it with everybody and have a good time, you know, watch the game. But it is very entertaining being in a place where pretty much everybody is a fan of the same team. There was one guy there who, like, the, he was going for the Eagles. Falcons was playing the Eagles. There was one guy there who was a Falcon, was an Eagle fan. He was from Philly. Then me, the Redskins fan, and then uh, my friend, he's Tampa Bay. But for the most part, everywhere, there was just Falcons jerseys everywhere. And it's real entertaining when you watch people, when you're not invested in the game and you're watching everybody else just go through all these emotions while they're watching the game, you know, the highs and the lows, and they're all in this together. And my buddy, my buddy's a straight asshole. So... <laughs> He was showing no mercy in, in uh, trolling him the whole game. He's trolling. Now, you're sitting there. This is what was wild about to me. We're sitting in a former Atlanta Falcons player's home. We're in his house. We're in his house. We're eating his food. We're drinking his drinks. We're sitting on his couches. And you are clowning hard the Atlanta Falcons. And I was like... <laughs> you gotta get us kicked the hell out but everybody was a good sports about it you know that's the beauty of when you're in a good sporting environment you know where everybody can take their bumps and bruises and just keep it moving nobody's getting agitated to the point because you know there's some places you go some place you go and people you hang out with and you mess around and say the wrong thing about their team and then boom all of a sudden they won't fight you know people are getting tight you know people like I say, get kicked out. It wasn't that type of environment at all. It was everybody was, everybody was throwing shots at each other. It was like you gotta, if you gonna bring it, you gotta come with it, man. And then, uh, oh man, I forgot when we first got there, right? When we first got there. There was a, there was a young lady sitting at the table, and she has a spin wheel, right? So, the rule of the house is when you come to a party, you spin that wheel, and Whatever it says on there, that's what you do. And that's how you set the party up. So my partner, he goes first, spins the wheel. Boom. His lands on take a shot. So he takes a shot. Now I'm thinking that that spin was for the whole group. But no, 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 no. Everybody has to do their own spin. So I'm like, well, damn. Me, myself, DeVille, I'm hoping that it lands on take a shot. That's what I'm shooting for. So I grab that jump. Boom. I spin it. Because, you know, I'm not a party pooper. I spin that joint, spins around and around and around, and then boom, pops up, and uh, my lands on dude, 10 jumping jacks, ain't that about a bitch, I'm just getting here, I'm at the party, you know your boy's fresh to did if, I'm polo down, polo down, polo, pull over, polo shorts, got on my driving shoes, I didn't, Phil didn't come here to get his damn exercise on, but I'm not gonna be the, uh, I'm not gonna be the party pooper either, so. I bang out my 10 jumper jacks. Now I'm hitting these jumps fast. I'm going in, boom, boom, boom. You know why I'm going in? Because 
my friends are assholes, as I told you before. And I knew that they were going to be trying to get me on video doing these jumping jacks. So I'm trying to knock them out fast. And then my friend, uh, my partner, he whips out his phone. And he's trying, he's trying his damnedest to get me on video doing these jumping jacks. But he wasn't able to, but he did get a picture of me. And I'm pretty sure that picture's probably surfaced right now on Facebook. Maybe it didn't, because I didn't get tagged in it yet. So maybe I'll avoid Well, now, damn, I done told on myself. So now I'll probably... If he didn't post it, he's probably gonna post it now. But either way, man, I thought that was cool, man. I think more people need to um, loosen up and, and do things like that at the end for entertainment. Like they were doing, um, they had this big ass. I'm talking about big. This was dumb big. This dome was like the size of a TV. Big ass, uh, not tic tac toe. What is it called? Connect Four dome. And you know, people's playing Connect Four. They had this jingle, this jingle game, like the biggest pieces in the world. People were playing that. Uh, it was kind of scary though when it fell though, because you know it, the, the, the blocks was pretty big. So when it fell, it made a whole lot of noise. Kind of shocked me a little bit. But and halftime, halftime they did karaoke. But I went outside to smoke my cigar during that period of time. So I just went out. And lounged up by the pool, you know, kicked it while everybody was doing karaoke. It was mostly the ladies that was doing karaoke, you know. But overall experience, man, it was dope, nice. I had a bar in there, you know, go over there, get you some good drinks. Everything was cool. It wasn't a weird type situation because, you know, things like that, events like that have potential to get weird, you know. You never know how people are going to react to you, especially being a new person. You don't know if people are going to look at you you know, judge you or think that they're better than you or have those weird, what do you do type conversations. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, so what do you do? It wasn't even that type of vibe. Everybody was just in there kicking it, having a good time. And like I said, man, shout out to um, Mr. Davis and his family for having us out there, man. It was definitely, definitely hope I get invited back for, for the next go around, man. Definitely. I mean, if I keep going on these going to these games and being on the sideline and being able to go and kick it in at these uh, private parties at the ex-players' houses and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to mess around and end up a whole Falcons fan out here. Psych. HTTR. interesting uh, situation I ran into at the barber shop so I'm at the barber shop trying to get a fresh cut before I go out here to hang out at this uh, party and um, there's two guys in there and they're going back and forth basically um, having a pissing match about who can hang out where yeah that's right about who can hang out where they were basically naming some of the uh, I don't want to say the worst some of the most dangerous, more dangerous neighborhoods in the city of Atlanta and in uh, Clayton County. And they were basically like saying, oh, but you can't go to the so-and-so. And it's like, no, you can't go to the door. 
I'll go over there, yada, 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 yada. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, damn, um, what's so important to be out, being, about being able to hang out in somewhere, somewhere where you might get shot or robbed or beat up or whatever? Now, I get it because there was once upon a time in my rattlesnake days where I probably would have full on engaged in the same type of conversation where you know in this masculinity that we have built for ourselves in a lot of the urban areas we think that it's like a badge of honor to be able to say you know yeah I can go to wherever and hang out there and, and, and nothing will happen to me I remember those days I remember when I thought it was something to brag about to be able to say like you went to prison you've been in prison or stuff like that and you know nobody messed with you i thought it was cool i did i did but that was i was a child and i was a child i was a teenager and i quickly learned that that was foolish um how did i learn i'm like so i'm gonna tell you i learned when i started to see things like seeing people getting hurt um seeing people getting killed i remember one time i saw a guy get stomped Get his head stomped with a Timberland boot. Yeah, unconscious ambulance came, everything. That's enough. That's the story for another time. But I'm gonna tell that it's gonna be part of the growing up the DI series. Um, I remember seeing people get shot. I've seen, I've had people shoot at me. Um, being harassed by police. Uh, I've, I've had situations where I've been roughed up by police officers, and all this stemmed basically being somewhere where I really had no business being now um, because it was all, out of all those incidents only really one or only a couple out of all the things that I've been through and all the, the horrible things that I've seen only a couple of those happened like directly in my neighborhood where I live all the other uh, bullshit happened somewhere else like when I got shot at I didn't get shot at in my neighborhood. I got shot at in somebody else's neighborhood. I was visiting a friend. So yeah, I had every right to be there. But at the same time, knowing the area and knowing what went on in the area and knowing the people I was dealing with in the area, I really should not have been over there at all. You know, I knew better than to just be out there on the block doing what I was doing, but I did it anyway because we have this sense of young men have this sense of um, untouchableness and some older men too but it's, it's generally older men who haven't been in through anything or, or haven't seen anything uh, of that nature who still have that air of invincibility around them they feel like they can just go anywhere and do anything and say anything to people like I have people around me most of the people uh, I ain't gonna say most of the people, but some of them are co-workers, some of them are friends of friends, and I just listen to them talk, and you know, knowing their, their backgrounds and where they came from and what they came up, and it's like, bro, there's no way, no way you last in some of the places where I, I've had to live, see, that's, to me, is how you learn the difference between people who, uh, actually have been through something and have it because see some of those things um and, and a 
lot of the mentality that I had, it wasn't something that I wanted to have. It kind of came to me from being in certain situations, seeing certain things, and knowing and realizing at a certain point that anything can happen to me out here. Because, see, I was a, at one point, I was a fighter. I used, to, I used to fight a good bit. I took my L's, you know, and I took my W's. Both which but whatever it wasn't it was just a matter of that I, I wasn't gonna get chomped off at the same time I wasn't gonna I wasn't really the type of guy who was necessarily out starting things but I stand my ground I throw hands and I remember my mama telling me uh, one time that she was afraid that somebody was gonna do something to me because you know uh, I kind of started to get a reputation so I would. I would start to downplay situations because, and not to sound arrogant or braggadocious about this type of stuff, but there's the times where I may have been doing or in possession of some something that I had to let certain things go because the last thing I wanted was for the police to come around, but to the outside looking in, it'd be like, you know, oh, you just got punked. But it's like, I really didn't get punk. I might, you know, might have had something on me. And this isn't going to turn out well if I, that's neither here nor there. But the point that I'm trying to make is to, and I, I know I don't have from the, from my analytics, I really don't have a lot of younger listeners that listen to me, but to my, my brethren that are my age out there, the discipline of the day. Be disciplined enough to stop trying to glorify, you know, the stories of your past life, the street lifestyle that you may have been in. Don't glorify it to the young people. When you tell those stories, tell them, try to make it a teachable moment. Try to tell it in a sense that you're guiding them away from the things in the life that you once lived and the things that you used to do. Because... The world is, it's always been dangerous, but it's becoming more and more dangerous. And a lot of these kids are becoming more and more vicious because they're feeling a need to prove themselves. Whereas we never really felt the need to prove ourselves because, you know, um, we weren't trying to prove anything. We were just living. But now you have kids who, um, may have come up in a better situation a lot of kids that aren't in the the rougher situations that some of us came up with but for whatever reason they want to be a part of it they want to be in the game they want to sell drugs they want to carry a gun because it's being popularized by social media being popularized in the music now no the bill does not does not blame the music for the way that children are acting I blame us for a lack of coaching and development of the youth because see when I was out there I remember the first time I tried to uh, uh, I'm gonna just how I'm saying first time I tried to sell I, I, I let it be known that I wanted to sell some illegal substances you know why I didn't because the OG pulled me to the side was like nah that ain't for you you need to go do something else that ain't that doesn't end well for anybody and he was in that lifestyle but he still pulled me aside 
it was like, no, you're not. I remember the first time I tried to uh, uh, buy a firearm, buy a handgun. I was actively saying, search of a handgun. You know, I was probably 16 at the time. But one of my OGs was like, nah, you're not going to do that. You, you're just not going to do that. I'm not going to allow you to do it. Now, I don't understand how he felt he was going to stop me. But he did. Just just hearing those words and hearing him, having him step to me and tell me, you're not going to do that. I listened to him. I respected it. And I think that if we play our roles right, the younger generations will respect us and acknowledge the things that we say. We tell them, look, bro, I understand what you're saying, but you're not going to do that. You just don't need to. Take this information, use it however you will, but remember to be the reason somebody's motivated and masturbated today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Thank y'all for tuning in to Thoughts by DeVille D.I. I'm your host, DeVille D.I. Y'all keep coming back. I got a lot of good stuff coming for y'all, man. Gonna drop another episode of Growing Up DeVille D.I. Friday. Uh, gonna have more guests Wednesday. What you doing Wednesday? So, y'all keep hanging in there, man. I'm out here. Peace.